Welcome to the Awaken Podcast. We are so happy that you have decided to join us. Hopefully, you will find the next few minutes challenging and refreshing as we consider together how God is asking us to respond to His grace. If you are listening because you are unable to join us at our physical location, thank you for keeping in step with us, and we will look forward to seeing you in person next Sunday. If you are joining us from outside of Anchorage, then please drop us a line and let us know where you are listening in from. We would love the opportunity to connect with you. If you are exploring faith for the first time or just trying to figure out what Awaken is about, please don't hesitate to drop us a line and introduce yourself. We welcome any question you might have about life, the Christian faith, or Awaken Church. May God be with you as you listen. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. 1 Corinthians 13. Um, Levi is sick. Um, he called yesterday, and uh, I've been up for a while since then, to say the least. And I know that a lot of you guys haven't answered your phones, because I know before he's getting to me, he's getting to a whole bunch of you guys, and you guys didn't pick up, you know? <clears throat> so I have that ought with you. Um, I, he went over a couple topics that he wants to wanted to uh, go through to tie in Christmas season, and I just I got nothing. So uh, he saw. So there is one thing though that I have had on my mind for the quite a few weeks now. I don't know why, and uh, maybe this is why. So, um, Lord, don't want to go, and uh, probably not your guy. But I want to go with you. So uh, pull me along for the ride. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> um, sorry for that. Um, any of you guys know what the special model of the SAS? You guys know what the SAS is? Special Forces of British. There's some, uh, they are some bad dudes. Do you guys know what that is? Any? Yeah, who said that? Someone did. That, that's, that's right, who dares wins. And uh, that's sort of how it's gonna be today. <laughs> we're, we're gonna go there. Um, I have little uh, probably uh, respect in the bank with it, most of you guys, but, uh, and that we're gonna drain that today. So there's a few of you here uh, without saying names. You know who you are, you've heard this before. And uh, so here's this topic, it's a simple topic of love. And I know what you're thinking, because I'm thinking it too. I am the least person to be talking about this. I know nothing about it, very little. And so you're gonna say, why are you up there? And the only reason I'm up here is because I do have one ace of spades. And if you guys have ever played spades, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys have, but if you ever play spades and you know, the last hand comes out and that ace is in there, that trumps everything. And uh, that ace of spades 
is what God has to say of love. So um, I want to just take you back a, a bit on a, on a story long ago, if you allow me some leeway and just follow along this path. Um, many years ago, I was a young man, 26 years old, and uh, I was, I waited my whole life to get married, and a uh, 22-year-old woman, woman came along, and uh, she was everything. She was very beautiful. She, uh, she had it all. She was uh, in Christian ministry, highly recommended from another person that was in Christian ministry, and she had it all. She had me at hello, said hello, and uh, that was it for me. And, uh, and over that time, we started to build a relationship and, and wanted to get married. And uh, I remember looking at, we went to go look at uh, rings together. I was gonna call her dad. I made plans, arrangements to call her dad. And it was going so good. Some of the, uh, at the time, was the best time of my life. Until it wasn't, and she left. And I never knew why she left, and she was gone. And uh, most of you guys are a lot stronger than me, have a stronger composition. Um, it, it really wrecked me. I went to dark places and uh, discouragement, despair, and I didn't know how to get out of that. And it was for days, weeks, months, even years. And uh, it was like falling in a day. It was everything was black. Not much of scriptures mattered, mattered to me anymore. Um, I just found myself resting, holding on to, I had a big rope before and then strand after strand kept breaking and there was only two, three strands left for me to hold on to. And one of those is that I would see the Lord face to face one day and uh, I knew that he cared for me and much of the rest I, I just couldn't, I couldn't put together. And it was like having a, being in a dark hole and my vase that was all put together was just shattered, shards of glass everywhere. And uh, I didn't know how to go forward. And, I, and finally at the end, if you're wondering where that story went, as I just said, Lord, would you just stay with me? I know you're not putting it together again, but would you just stay with me and uh, um, be here with me in the glass? I can't move, I can't put it back. There's nothing, because I always went over what, what if I'd have done this, if I could have done that, if I should have done. And uh, I was weak. All I had was God. Um, so during that time, I started wondering what love was. I thought I knew what it was. Grew up in a Christian household, had Christian teaching. And uh, I thought that I knew what love was. But I knew one thing. I wasn't going to believe someone when they said, I love you after that, after what happened. I had little faith. So if you put up this first slide uh, of 1 Corinthians 13. So I just started, I went back, if you'd allow me, just to go back and just ask you a question. What if there is a, do you think there's a God? What if there really, really is a God? And I know we sort of, we're probably in here and we all probably think there's a God, yeah. But how much does he affect our life? And if you don't believe, you know, you believe in the stones coming together and, and universe and you come from monkeys, amoebas or whatever, man, that takes a lot more faith than to believe that there is a God. So if this God 
does he have an opinion of love? You know, a lot of times when I was growing up and friends, you know, we get together, we have a round table, you know, it's like a night of the round tables and there's Ann Landers and Dear Abby and your friends and what other idiot on the table. And there's also a chair for God. And you can just go around the table. What do you got to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God got anything? Okay, we'll go with that. Or, you know, it just, he's a source. He's a thing, but he's not the thing. The one and only. And so I, the more I started going through it, and God, just through a process, just starts saying, what is love? And I started just looking at this. If there is a God, does he have an opinion on it? And so, yeah, he does. There's 1 Corinthians 13. I started looking at it, and the more I'm thinking about it, do you realize that on that list, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I miss lots of things, but there's nothing on that list that is a feeling. There's nothing about money. I mean, I've looked at it a long time, so if you shout at me if you see anything, if there's anything on there on money, if there's anything on a, on a woman's proportionments, how, I gotta keep it clean in here because this is church and all, but how a woman should look or how, what guys do for you, because I don't see that up there, you know, red hair, blonde hair, short, tall, round, whatever. Yeah, I don't see that on there. Is there anything about political connections or what they can do for you? Man, I'm missing that too, because I'm, I'm looking for it. And that a lot, I had this list of what I all wanted. And God just started taking that list away. And I'm looking at that thing, and there's 15 things up there. You can count them later. There really is. And I started looking at that more, and it just was on. It's like God just pounds. It's like what he, that's what he does in our lives, right? He just pounds, pounds. He never stops in our lives. Go to the next slide. So as I'm looking at this more, all of a sudden some things come into focus. I never saw it like this. Why couldn't I see this? You know, I'm here, I'm almost 30 years old and I'm dumber in a box of rocks. I can't, why, why do I not pick this up? All of a sudden there it is. There's, here's what love is not. Love is not proud. Love is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. Next slide. So here's what love does not do. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. Love does not dishonor others. Love does not delight in evil. Next slide. But love is patient. Love is kind. Next slide. And here's what love always does. So we have what love isn't, what love doesn't do, right? Now we have what love is. And here's what love sort of always does. It, it always does, not sometimes, it always does this. Sorry for not talking to your mic, I know I need to. Um, always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. So the more I'm starting to look at this, I'm seeing there's these categories. There's four categories, what love isn't, what love doesn't do, what love is, and what love always does. And there's the last slide. I never knew where to put this in a category, but they're there. I don't know what to do with them, but love keeps no record of wrong and rejoices with truth. So here, the more it's dawning on me, here is this cheat code of what love is. I've been looking for that. Why didn't you tell, me, tell it to me sooner, God? You know, he starts saying, I have. You know, it's been there. 
I just, I just didn't see it. I didn't get it. I don't know why I didn't get it. You know, it's like having uh, your eyes covered and you just can't see. You try to see. You think you see, but you can't see. And it's like the Lord puts, starts putting, like when he, that story in the Bible where he spit in the mud and put spittle together and he put it on a person's eyes, all of a sudden they could see. You know, it's like a... Like that movie, Indiana Jones, uh, where I don't know if you remember, but there was like these glasses. I think it was that movie. The glasses, you couldn't see, and then all of a sudden he flicks these glasses down. Oh, ooh, well, you know, there it is. There's the thing. And that's what God does with this. So now all of a sudden, here is what love is. I go, wow, I, I had this long list of what I wanted a woman to be, and, and over that time, the Lord just starts taking all these different pieces apart that's not it. That's not it. If you're wondering where I'm going with this, it's going to get ugly here in a little bit. Um, uh, <laughs> um, I, I had such a long list, and at the end of the day, God says, what's really important? And you know, at the end of the day, when he took everything away, there was only three things left. All the things behind me, you know, on love, his, his cheat code, if you will, his cheat sheet of life, of love, secret cheat sheet. But there were three things. I wanted someone that loved God with all their heart. I wanted someone that would love me, and I wanted someone that I could love. And the rest, Lord, fill it in, because I am done. Here's the markers, you know, have at it. So I, I started, I, I thought, okay, I'm getting this. As I was the last stage there, Lord, um, I want to find a piece of gold. I don't want silver. I'm not looking for wood. Just pass, pass. It's like being on a river stream, and you're just looking for gold or panning for gold, however you do that. I don't know how you do that, but somehow. Anyhow, I'm looking for gold this time. I, am, I, am, I want what God is looking for. And another way to do it, uh, to explain it a little bit different, when I was a young kid, um, I'd help my dad put gas into airplanes, and uh, you'd have to manually pump that. And being a little kid, I only could pump it so many times. I still could only pump it so many times. But my dad would be pumping, and I'd be holding it on a ladder in a wing in this big chamois in this funnel, this huge funnel. And at the end, it came down into a small funnel into the wing of the airplane. Why was that? And I started looking because as the gas went around, all the impurities would go out of it. You know, it would just collect on the chamois, and only the premium gas would go in the wings. Why? Because you can't have that engine stop. It's like snow machine. And when you're powering through deep powder, you can't have water in your gas putts, and you know, when you're right when you need it. Why is that important? Because God wants premium gas in your lives. <clears throat> so, I, I only tell you this story so that you can see what love is and how I didn't see it. And uh, I had these, these friends, they told me about this girl up here, and I didn't want to hear it. Man, I was working 100 hours a week, 105 hours a week at 7.15s, and, and we just, I was just going, going, going all the time. And uh, I, they, they kept calling, why don't you call this lady? No, Lord, I'm not gonna call. I would tell them, no, I'm not gonna do that. I'm tired of that. And uh, I just put it off. And they called again six months later, hey, there's this girl and you should give her a call. No, I'm and I just would argue with God. I don't know what's wrong with me. You guys are more 
compliant and get it and smart and all that, but I'm not that way. I'm like a knucklehead with God, and I just fight him. I, I, I so relate to Jacob, and I so relate to King David, you know, the bonehead moves that he would do, and yet God took him back, and that's me. One more time, God. And uh, I said, okay, Lord, I'll, I'll give this lady a call. Um, so I, I gave her a call. I said, hey, um, you don't know me? I could be a child murderer, but uh, I'm not. But if you want to go out with me, um, I'd, I'd like to go out with you. She said, okay. And uh, I, I, I was thinking, hey, if she says no, I don't care. You know, it's like I, at that point I was, I, I had my fill. So we went out and we started talking. And when I first met her, uh, by the way, her name's Lana. Um, I, when I first met her, I was not impressed. I was... I, she came in this big coat. I mean, there was like, you could put three people in that coat. It was her grandpa's coat. There was, I, I, I mean, it was like the barn needed painting, you know? And uh, so, I, I, yeah, I know I'm gonna pay for this later, but I'm, I'm, going, I'm going there somewhere with this, okay? Just keep staying with me. Um, so we went out to eat, and I asked her any of these questions, and I just, about her heart, and it was good. It was, man, it was, that was good, that was good. And just asking her questions, it was like a job interview, it was. And uh, <laughs> that was my job, you know, and, uh, and when, she, when we left, I just said, hey, Lana, I don't want to hurt you. I've, I've been hurt, I never want that pain for someone else in my life, uh, in their lives. I'm not gonna be calling you again. I just, thanks for the time, I enjoyed it. Um, have a good life. <clears throat> I know there's better ways to say it. I know what you're thinking. <laughs> I, I get it. Um, I went back for a drive that night and just going over the day with God around, down by Potter's Marsh and just there was no peace. God would give no peace. Steve, what is love? We've gone over this for all these years. What I want for you in, with love, haven't we? Yeah, I could not get over not calling this girl back. So I called her back. I, said, I remember telling God, okay, Lord, this is the, the last time. I promise you, we are getting to the rat killing with this. Um, and if she says no, she, whatever. I mean, we're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get, get after it. I called her up and said, Juan, I know I told you I wouldn't call you, but, uh, you know, here we are. And uh, I have some questions for you. If you don't want to go, that's fine. If you do, I'd like to ask you some questions. So she got in the car. And I told her, I says, listen, Lana, I'm not looking for, I'm looking for a wife. I'm not looking for a groupie or a friend. I mean, I want a friend, but, you know, if you want. And I, and I told her, I always get, this is going to be bad, but I did tell her this. I said, if you want a friend, go buy a dog. I'm looking for a wife. And uh, <laughs> I know you're thinking, I would never have my daughter or, you know, if any guy ever said that to my daughter, I, like, this is church, I, I can't say that. Um, but <laughs> I know, but this is, what, this is what I told my wife. Man, I was just, we're getting right to it, you know? So I flipped in my mind, I'm just flipping over that funnel, and I said, we are going to the bottom hole. If all the gas has got to go through that, we're talking about that. 
You know, what is, what is, what, is God important to you? Does he have place in your life? Is he not just a thing? Is he the thing? And I wanted to know everything about where God fit in her life and nothing else mattered. I didn't care about if she liked John Wayne or not John Wayne, if her color was blue or purple. Who, who, I can't say that at church either, but who cares? <laughs> so I just was going after it. And this is like a two-hour drive. And I just said, Lon, at any point, if you want to turn, I'll turn the car around at any point and take you back and thank you for the time. And I know this is coming. I, I know how it sounds. But, and she just sat there in the seat next to me. And I don't know why she didn't get up. She had some ability to handle all that rage, all that all that stuff that was going on, there's just few people who could take that. And I, you're going for two hours, and I'm just saying this and this, and the more she's talking, I'm just thinking, I, I, I think this is the person I'm going to marry. And she looked different to me. I just, I don't know what, it's like, that, that wasn't the same person that I just saw, like, two days before. I mean, this is not a three-person uh, coat she was wearing. She looked better, and uh, I, I just couldn't get over that. And so, it, six months later, uh, we got married, and uh, so far, she's still with me. Um, may not be after today, but, um, <laughs> but uh, so far, and uh, I started this other portion here, I want to go down this road with you, is in Ephesians 5 of love, because it is so key, it is so important. Do you have that up there? <clears throat> I know this is, when we go to this here, I know you guys are thinking this is the third rail of religion here. You know, getting into wives and husbands, <laughs> I'm going to get some flack. Don't worry, before you guys send it, I got the flak jacket behind me here that I'm going to put on very shortly. Um, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is head of the wife as Christ is head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up. Sorry, I lost my place. Gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her and by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. And after all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it just as Christ does, the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man leaves his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself. The wife must respect her husband. Can you put up the slide of the Bible there? So this is the page in that Bible that I was reading from you. And uh, it's really interesting. And, and maybe there's a few other words you guys could pick out of there. But 
Do you realize in so many words that the Lord asks for three things for the woman and three things for the man, and they are both very hard? For the woman, it's to submit to a husband, and, and then later on, it says to honor your husband, for the husband is head of the church. And if you go down to the end of the bottom of the page, it says, and the wife must respect her husband. And those are so hard to do for a woman. They're really hard because most people, most women are married to adult a lot of the times, an idiot, a nincompoop, just making goofy moves, makes so many mistakes. How can a woman respect a goof that is, that does all that, you know? And, and yet the Lord says, yeah, but I want you to. And <laughs> she's saying, how? I want you to. I want you to honor him. I want you to respect him. You know, a lot of times, men don't need to be loved as much. They have to be respected and honored. I've seen it in relationships where a woman doesn't respect her husband, and it, and it just doesn't work. For some reason, men need that. And the first part is for women to submit to your husband. And I'm not talking a doormat. I don't want to, that's not at all where I'm going with that, because... Now we go over to the other side, if you will, the reverse side. And this is what the, God is asking for the man. He's saying, listen, man, I want you to love as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for that. Oh, my goodness. That is a big ask. So as the wife is submitting to the husband, the Lord wants you to submit as a man even further. It's like... What did he do? He died for us. He washed our feet. The ultimate servant leadership. Yeah, that's what I'm asking for you. That is a big ask that we say to God. And God says, yeah, get on it. That's what you as men are to do. You know, we are strong. As goofy as this is, right? Because God does everything backwards. He turns things. What we think is up is down. What down is up. You want to get ahead? Be a servant. Well, how do you be a servant to your family? How do you lead your family? You know, on your knees. From your knees, lead your family. From your knees, wash your family's feet. From your knees, wash your wife's feet. I hate this because it's not cool. Those things that the Lord asked for me later on, he says... Um, how he, to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain, wrinkle. You know, he cherishes it. He's washing the church. And as men, we are to wash, to cherish our wives. Farther on, he says, to, that, and how he feeds and cares for it. God's wanting us as men to nurture, to nourish our wives. So nurture, nourish, to cherish, and to love. Do you realize that all those three things the Lord doesn't ask for the woman? Why? Because she does it so easily. My wife loves, I, I can't compete in that. She doesn't even strive and she does it. Um, I'll sit down and she gets, you know, for me hot chocolate, even when I'm not asking, hot chocolate or tea or anything that she's always helping, always nourishing, always, she just does it naturally. I have spent, generally it takes me about two weeks, and I come up with one idea, and I say, I'm going to sweep the garage out of, I hate the sand in the garage, but under her car, and I do that, and it's a big stinking deal, and I tell her afterwards, you know, and I'm going like this, got to hold the mic, and uh, she says, oh, that's nice, honey, you know, and, and I, 
you know, I'm doing what you want, Lord. Why is that so hard for men? Because it's so, it's like the Lord's asking us to do feminine things. You know, it's not manly to nourish and cherish. But the, the Lord says, I, I know it's hard for you, but that's what I want you to do. So here's your job. I want for you to do this as men. And I want for the women to do those three things. And they're hard for her to do as well. Isn't it interesting how the Lord knows right what each of us need, how he purposely uses words and purposely gives us a task that is daunting? How do we pull that off? <clears throat> I'm going backwards here a bit. Um, I, I don't know hardly any of these things. I don't know as... Solomon says to go in or to come out. Remember when he asked that? Lord, I don't know how to come out or go in. Or in other versions, it says how to perform his duties. And the Lord gave him, he, what did he ask for? Uh, and I forget where it was this morning. I was reading it. But he says, I, Lord, I, I'm asking for a discerning heart. So I just want to skip back. And you say, well, why are those, like those 15 things? Does, do you think the Lord... Can you put up that 1 Corinthians 13 again? A slide. So, why does the Lord have just that one word in there? And there's too many, and we're, uh, I'm probably going to get yanked off stage by someone with a hook. I see Heidi over there getting a the hook, so got to make this quick, I guess. So, why does the Lord, here's the, in this one word, love is patient. So you think, in case you're wondering, uh, in, in one way, sort of going back on a rabbit trail, why am I bringing this to you? I have a heart for young people. I have a heart for single people. I don't want for you to screw up. I want for you to consider God at the table. I want for you to... <clears throat> I want for you to have him to have input into your life in this great subject. Who else are you going to trust? On love, this, that's one of the greatest topics, greatest things. We all skirt around it, and yet it's there. So another reason why I'm saying this is my family. I have two sons. One is Silvanus. He came to live with us, I don't know, eight years ago or six years ago from Nigeria. What a, what a character. And we've spent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of lunches at McDonald's getting filet fish. That's what we do, number seven. Now it's number six, I think, you know, but um, we just do it. It's our thing. He always tries to talk me into the devil fish. And my other son, Alex, he's a youth pastor here in Anchorage now. And we've gone over this. They're both married. And so now I get my chance to pound away at my daughter, you know, and, and it's never stopped. And I am never, ever, ever quitting with these. All these things you're hearing, and she's heard it 10,000 times. <laughs> Rachel, you too, you've heard it your share of it. <laughs> Um, and others. I won't, I'll stop pointing people out that have heard this spiel. But so here's love is patient. Why is that so important? Okay, remember, remember uh, Solomon saying, uh, Lord, give me a discerning heart. Why is that important? Well, in Proverbs 12, 15, it says, the heart of the discerning acquires knowledge. Well, why is that important? Well, the Lord has planned for that. What is knowledge? Do you know that the Bible defines knowledge in Proverbs 9.10? Knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Whoa, that's cool. Do you see how God starts linking these things together? 
Why have the Proverbs? Well, Proverbs um, is God's wisdom. It's looking at through his eyes, life, you know, his instruction in our hearts. So he gives instruction for, for prudent behavior in 1.3. Correction and instruction, Bible says in 6.23, are the way to life. So their instruction is linked to correction, right? Well, so where are we going with this? Because whoever heeds correction gains understanding. Okay, so we're at understanding. Well, why is that, why is that patient? All these things are the upstream, downstream of how the Lord looks at just this one portion of love is patient and why that's so important. Just keep with me on this. We're almost done with this uh, part here. Whoever is patient has great understanding. Do you know how to get patience? We all ask for it, right? But does anyone know how to get patience? I'm just curious if there are any answers or anything. So I never knew this before, but it's right there in God's word. You know, it's not like, hey, Lord, I never, I never wanted to ask for patience because generally that means the Lord's sending more trials to your, to your life. You know, it's like, you stupid, don't ask for more trials, you know. But the Bible says, uh, the Bible says how you can get patience is that a person's wisdom yields patience, 1911. Well, that's interesting. So we've gone through all these different things where you get to understanding, right? Whoever's patient has greater understanding. A person's wisdom yields patience. Well, how do you get wisdom? Well, the beginning of the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom in 910. Okay, well, what's the fear of the Lord? The fear of the Lord, Bible says um, in 22, uh, 22.4, humility is the fear of the Lord, and the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. So wait a minute, you got all these things hooked together. If you don't have humility, how are you going to get patience? Right? Because you need humility. Humility is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? And a person's wisdom yields patience. So, so here's like the little blinders thing. If you're dating someone and they're not humble and they don't have a heart for God... There's no time for them to get on their knees and say, Lord, I need you in my life. I can't do it. Or are they just mad enough where they're too, they never want to have God in their life. If they're not humble, how are they going to be patient? How are you going to be patient without humble? How are you going to be patient without understanding? When their lips are doing this to you, I love whoever your names are. I love you. But they're proud. Huh, wait a minute. God says love is not proud. So if you're dating someone or you're with someone and they're proud, how is that love? It's not, right? So God's using you a cheat sheet. You literally can go to someone and say, and as they're saying, I love you, boom, 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 down the list you go of God's giving you his clues. That's just one small area of patience. And you say, well, all those things are interconnected together, right, in Proverbs? So the last part here is the fruits of the Spirit. Um, there are these nine, actually, uh, fruits of the Spirit. And I started looking, and I wanted those for when I was dating. I wanted to see these in uh, 
my, the person I was dating at the time to be my wife. And I was just looking for every little thing for these things to manifest themselves. None of us are perfect. You know, none of us are going to pass with aces. But a heart that does that, a heart that falls down and gets up, Lord, help me to be self-control. Help me to be gentle. You know, I want that. Well, I can't fake it. I've tried to fake it. You know, right? Go to church, fake it till you make it. That doesn't work. How does that happen in our lives? How does that happen? How does those things? It's God in us, right? You can't fake sun ripen fruit. Not S-U-N, S-O-N. It's what God does when he's involved in our lives. When we say, Lord, I need for you to be with me. Reading, teach me in your word. Teach me through prayer. Help me to be around people. Instruct me. Tell me, Lord. When you do that, these things, this is what God does. You can't go through life with God and not have this. That's what he does. That's his MO. He does it in all of us, right? Those fruits of the Spirit. I wanted so much for these to be part of my kids' life because they probably can't see it that often in me. So I, uh, I did something where they couldn't forget it. If you can put the next slides up. This is over our um, kitchen. Uh, we actually have nine windows. I go around the, the next slide. Um, before I move on from that slide, do you see what's underneath self-control? <laughs> that would be my wife. And uh, she has none, none, when it comes to that Keurig coffee maker. Um, so when we got married, I thought that it would be, you know, I'd be first in the list. <laughs> Coffee comes, you know, that every morning, that's up there. Anyhow, so yeah, I, I point that out, that self-control over the copy thing quite often. That doesn't get me any brownie points, but uh, I still do it. She'll get over that. <laughs> um, and the next ones, I always want those to be there. Um, reminding us over and over. And you say, why did you do that? Why do you do that? You know how many stupid stuff we have in our house? We got these, you go to Europe, you know, everywhere you look, there's naked statues of this and that. And in our house, my wife has trinkets. I, trinkets are, I get off the rails on that. We have so much stuff in our house. Michael's has nothing on us, nothing. <laughs> I want to throw that stuff. You know, when we first married, I did throw some of that stuff away, but I used to be seven feet tall when she got back and found out. Uh, she took it out on my hide. Holy cow. You know, I never thought she'd be so hooked to those things. But, um, but I digress. I, you say, why do you say that? Because we have all this stuff in our house, but the Lord says, as families, why don't you put it on your doors? Why don't you put it over your hearts, over your door frames, over your windows? Why? We have all this, all this other crap in our house. Why not this? Why not God's word? Over and over, because I forget to live it. I, I don't do that well with my kids, my wife, but I want to. Lord, we're putting it up there. You know, there, up it went. The last slide um, here is in our house. I don't want my kids to forget what love is. And it's that important. Those of you with families, keep pounding away on your kids. Don't give up. 
this what love is? And you say, Steve, there are other kinds of love. No, no, there's actually not. There's like three, four other types of love. Agape love, God's love for us, Eros, uh, romantic love, phileo, um, brotherly, brotherly love, and uh, there's another one of forge, it, which is a familial type love. Those are types of love, but there's no other kinds of love. Do you know in that 1 Corinthians 13, God does these same things to us when he is kind to us. Do you know why, he, one of the reasons why he's kind to us, his love towards us? His kindness leads us to repentance. God does those same things to us. He wants us to be those same things to each other, same things to our spouses, same things to our kids. And I want my kids to always, I mean, for all these years with my boys, I have a daughter now, a teenager, and one coming up, and uh, I'm not stopping. I want for them to always look at, when they're in a relationship, this is how I'm looking at love. So you see, I don't have much to say. I'm not a polished speaker. That's why uh, Levi called me last. Um, and I, I think after this, he is going to uh, not make that mistake again. But I, uh, I, I, I know this of love, that God has this ace of spades. And I know, for me, that that's how he wants love, those things to be focused on, for my family to be focused on. And uh, I, I know that he wants for me to be focused on the things in Ephesians, my three jobs, my wife's three jobs. And I know the power of doing that is through his spirit in us, having him work it out, you know, right? It's Christ in us. We are in Christ that does that. It's not our efforts. We have to be in him. We have to be in the vine for these things to effectuate themselves in our lives. Sorry for the delay for all uh, that long time uh, of going through some of those things, but I have just a few more things that maybe this makes it just a little bit clearer. I want you to join the fight for love with God's not-so-secret love tools. The purpose is worthy? No. The purpose is worthy. And the cost is everything you've got. Everything you've got. The grandstands are filled with the ages, and they are rooting for you. You know, the Bible says we have a great cloud of witnesses. Do you ever imagine what that's like? All these people in grants, go, go, you know, rooting for us. I think so. And uh, with this last bit here, I want to just, uh, if you're going to say, where's this come from? I've been up since Saturday and, and uh, most of today. And this song I've been playing since 2 o'clock this morning. And I cannot uh, describe to you a God that's just, if you would, the first three minutes of this video, look at the words and how powerful that God is. And that God that's being described, that God has this opinion on what love is. Why can't that God influence our thinking? Why doesn't he have a place at the table, the only place at the table, that God that has powerful, that has defined love? What a God. What a powerful God, that God has a say on love 
in our lives as we as uh, husbands and wives to commit ourselves to loving as God would love. Lord, thanks for this time. Thanks for um, your guide, your guide, your cheat sheet of love. Help us to love each other, love our wives, our spouses, husbands. Help for our young kids to look for you, to look with your eyes on what's important. Father, for those who have recently had great hurt, um, may your arms of compassion be around them. May you bless their lives. We go with you, Lord. We need you in our life. Amen. Thank you again for listening. It is a joy to be able to share God's truth with you. Hopefully you found this teaching helpful to your understanding of what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's world. And hopefully you are inspired to take a further step of faith. Please let us know how we can be praying for you as you continue your journey. If you live in the Anchorage area, you are welcome to join us any Sunday. And we have an Awaken 101 event every six weeks, and this is also a great way to find out more about our church. Please sign up for that event by going to the Events tab at our website, awakenalaska.com, and looking for Awaken 101. Feel free to share this podcast with your friends, and we will see you next week.